Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So if I was to say to you S and club, what would you say? S club. club. There ain't no party like an S club. S club so party. funny. When you text me saying I'm just interviewing S club, I, I wanted to like voice note you back, but then I realised you couldn't play that out loud. That would be really awkward. So I did. So cool. The 14 year old me was literally going ah! throughout the whole thing. They I were loved S club when I was young. Yeah. I had I went to the Churchill Hall, Churchill Fairfield Hall in Croydon to watch them. And I remember my friend, uh, like this really makes me cringe. She wrote a sign for H, <laughs> right? No, was it that's H? from no, Steps. No, 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 it wasn't. It, who's the guy in it with the blonde You're hair? You're not a fan. That's no, John. John. But what did she put? What did she put? She put something like, she had a big poster and she was like, John. And then it was like about the spelling of his name on the sign. And I remember just being like, oh my God, this is so cringe. Because does he spell it J-O-N? Or J-O-N, 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 yeah, J-O-N. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And it was like, I don't know, she made a big poster about it. And uh, yeah, it was just very cringe at the time. But we had a fantastic night. The thing is, is that they are such wonderful humans that they would have loved that. And even though it was cringy (laughs) for you, they would have loved it. They've got new music yet. And there's obviously five of them now um, in the group as well. So that was, it was like really emotional chatting to them all about that stuff. And just, just a great way to end end the week, really. Have you, who have you been chatting to? Who have I been chatting to? My children quite a bit Axel GG <laughs> Axel GG no yeah not not much but do you know what I, th- I realised I hadn't spoken about something on here and maybe I just should just give a little update on it right yeah, now yeah please so basically do you remember Gigi always had a bottle and yeah. I used to post about it all the time well she doesn't anymore um, and Basically, we didn't realise it, it kind of just phased out. When she was four, we kept telling her, oh, you know, when you're four, you can't have a bottle. Like when you're four, you're not going to have a bottle anymore. And I just realised that after her fourth birthday, she just never asked, just never asked for, me, for it anymore. What, like some sort of weird David Copperfield mind game that just, you played on her? Yeah. Like just, we, we were talking about it quite a bit, like mentioning it. Every time I gave her a bottle at night, I'd be like, Gigi, you know, like you're going to be four soon. So when it's your fourth birthday, we're not going to do this anymore. In my head, not really think like 
you know, not really meaning it, just like trying to get her head around it a little bit. Right. And um, and then I just said to Jones the other day, I was like, James, I haven't made Gigi a bottle for absolutely ages. I was like, I don't even think we have any. But he was like, no, 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 you said her fourth birthday. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. But I didn't realise she would listen to me. Well, she's I, I a genius. She, she just, just gone, just gone. So... I just thought I'd share because I was genuinely really worried it was going to be a huge like battle. But do you know what, George? I think the people that have been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you're quite good at setting those boundaries. I know that you, you, you're sort of saying that she's done it, but you did do that with Axel as well. Do you remember with the dummy? You were like, we set, we set at one, we just go cold turkey, and it it does seem to work in your household. It kind of does, yeah. Yeah. And with the dummy as well, with Gigi, we went to Peppa Pig World. I said to her, "You're going to give your dummies to Peppa Pig." And she was like, right, yeah, okay. And that was, that was literally it. She gave them over. I think that, I think maybe they are the, that's what you got to do. I reckon you just got to be strong. <laughs> <laughs> Which works in theory, but in practice is really fucking hard. Still blows my mind when it does actually work. Well, well done, it. George. Round of applause for George. Well, well done, Gigi. Well, well done, Gigi. Now yeah, let's get into that. today's conversation because it, um, it was a hilarious chat that we cannot wait to share with you guys listening. Um, and uh, we, I don't know, for me, I know we sort of say this quite a lot, but it was up there for me. What an amazing, brilliant, hilarious and different conversation. Because actually, even though we did touch on parenting, we spoke about divorce the whole time. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, the majority of the podcast was about divorce. The guest we, we were talking to is pregnant currently, but we were more talking about like new, like her new beginning, like starting a new life, all the fears as well. Like she was talking about when she went through her divorce, she she feared that she would never be in the position that she is in right now. Yeah. And it was a serious chat but it was funny as well like I, lo- I laughed a lot in this podcast oh and me too I thought she was a perfect guest to come on and talk about it so Georgia let's get into it who are we talking to today we are chatting to the incredible Samantha Baines So our amazing guest today is changing the conversation all around divorce. As she launched her incredible podcast during lockdown, it's had over a quarter of a million downloads. I mean, I could go on and on here. I will go on a little bit. She is the winner of the Best Sex and Relationships podcast, Bronze Award at the British Podcast Awards. Uh, She also won the moment of touching honesty at the International Women's Podcast Awards in 2022. She is an all-round legend actress. She's currently pregnant. There is so much that we need to talk to her about today. Please welcome to the podcast, Samantha Baines. Yay! 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 Was that intro all right for you? Yeah, that was very nice. Thanks. I think the podcast, we've actually had like nearly 400,000 downloads now. You need to update your your website. I know I do. It's because it's me and I'm, you know, preggers and there's other stuff going on. I'm like, it's fine. That's amazing. How's the pregnancy? It's terrible. Like, (laughs) this is not what people expect me to say, right? And I really want the baby at the end of it. But, um, you know, I was told I'd glow and have a lovely time and feel like a superwoman in the second trimester. And I'm only early second trimester. But so far, I am not loving pregnancy. (laughs) Well, we love your honesty because that is Mm. what this podcast is all about. And you're absolutely right. I reckon the first four or five months are really difficult because you really feel like you're growing a human. You really feel like everything that you're putting in your body is basically being sapped out of you. Is that your reality? Yeah, I feel like a vessel 
for the yes. child, which is nice in some ways, but then also like, um, I'd like to also feel like a human being and the sickness has gone now. So that's lovely. That's good. Yeah. That is good. But like I'm achy. I have hypermobile. I'm hypermobile anyway with my joints. And so apparently that means you're more likely to get this pelvic pain thing. So pelvic girdle which pain. Yeah. yeah. Which God. I've been getting al- already. And I've spoken to some private midwives about it and they're like, yeah, it sounds like you've got it. But I emailed my NHS midwife and they were like, it's highly unlikely you have it. And that was it. So I was like, thank you. That was useful. Mm, okay. But basically if I sit cross-legged, like not like, cross knee over knee like on the floor like a child cross-legged like I, I am right now actually yeah I trained yeah. at drama school and so that's how we were trained to sit and I still sit like that to this day like even on the sofa if I sit like that I get such bad pelvic pain oh. so I'm constantly having to like remind myself to sit like a lady with my knees together <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, which will come hard. in handy after you have the baby as well it sitting really like that. a lady just keep keep it locked up and tight <laughs> keeping <laughs> it all in <laughs> but it's hard to remember um, talk, talk to us about your incredible podcast take us back to lockdown and why you decided to do the pod. Yeah, so it's funny to be on your podcast talking about, you know, being pregnant and being a mum because back when I started the podcast, I thought that that wasn't going to be something that happened in my life because Mm. I was getting divorced um, I mean, I was in Magic Mike Live at the time. So it was a strange time to be divorced because I was hosting a show with 14 semi-naked professional dancers directed by Channing Tatum. Sounds, sounds a great time to be yeah. getting divorced. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone was like, you must be living your best life. And I was like, well, kind of, but also you sort of, I didn't, I was getting divorced from a man and I didn't really want to be around lots of men and like yeah. sexual energy. I came into my sexual explosion stage and then it was great but initially let's talk about that in a minute I want to come on to that (laughs) I mean I cover it heavily during the podcast (laughs) but um yeah so initially I just felt really off and I was grieving um the marriage and it had been a decision you know we both sat down and had that talk so it wasn't kind of like one of us decided and it was a shock to the other one but Mm. it's still you know it was still a terrible painful conversation and then you go through this process of you know I was with I was with him for nearly 10 years but we were only married for a year and a half and there's lots of reasons for that like my dad my dad died on my hen do so my life is literally like a weird dark comedy um so my dad wasn't there at the wedding so I like cried on my wedding morning and and I was like oh I probably feel off because my dad died not because Mm. maybe my relationship isn't the best so did you resent having to get well tell me the feelings that you felt on that morning of the wedding because because I know what it's like to lose a parent and and it was probably five years after that that I got married and I still cried on my wedding day but I wasn't angry how were you how were you feeling and what was the time between his death and actually getting married so actually my dad got ill quite quickly so we knew so we knew he might not be able to we didn't think he was going to die but we didn't think he was going to be able to travel for the wedding because we were going to have it in edinburgh which is where we met at the edinburgh fringe even though we lived in london so we didn't think he'd be able to travel so actually we had a small registry office ceremony like 
organised in two weeks so that he could be, you know, we had to get the licence signed off and Mm. a letter from his care home Mm. so that he could be there. So we were actually already officially married and my dad got to be there and give me away. He was in a wheelchair, but, you know, he handed my hand over. and, And it was really nice that he got to be there for that. And weirdly that felt like more of the wedding even though like I didn't I got a dress off the internet and you know we organized it really quick and then just went to a hotel for dinner afterwards so by the time the big wedding that we'd planned for like two years and I had the proper dress for and everything came around it sort of felt surreal and even Mm -hmm. though all my friends were going to be there and this was the one I'd been looking forward to it sort of didn't feel like a proper wedding um so so it was it was a strange mix of emotions I wasn't angry but I was I was sad that he couldn't be there even though he'd been there for the time before and also it felt a little bit like going through the motions because we'd already done it it. yeah so I was very tired I I wanted to go home before I think that's a natural thing of a wedding because of the adrenaline but I remember like I was like I just want to go back to the hotel and all the guests were having a great time and like dancing to this Kaylee and I was like I just want to sleep now I'm knackered I don't know <laughs> do you think that was grief was that grief or was that was that a sign about not wanting to to get ma- to, to get married was that the grief of losing your dad yeah I think I think so I think it was just all the and all the emotions you know organizing a wedding is very stressful and having your dad die in the middle of that and try mm. and cope with that is, mm. yeah, it was definitely, I was overwhelmed with all the emotion and all the organisation. And mm. then, you know, we got to the marriage bit and all the drama had happened before. And when we were actually married and like back in our house, I was like, oh, is it, yeah. now? Yeah. At what point did you sort of start to feel like you shouldn't be in the marriage anymore? It's it's difficult to say because for me, there wasn't really like, there was a turning point at the end where I was like, we need to have a conversation. But it always happens so gradually. And, you know, with my podcast, everyone, it seems everyone has a slightly different experience of it. And I get lots of messages from listeners like, when do you know? Mm. And I Mm. wish I had the answer of like, when this happens, you know, but it's, it's individual for everyone. I think it happens slowly over time. You know, it's like, um, I was going to say stretch marks, but you know, like one day you wake up and see the stretch marks, but it's, when you're pregnant, they could have happened overnight. But like, you know, on your boobs or whatever, normally they don't happen overnight, they slowly grow. But then one Mm. day you see it and I feel like, I can't believe I've just related divorce to stretch marks. But (laughs) I like the analogy. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like one day you, you notice it and go, oh, actually, this has been going on for a while. And, um, and I think you realize, I always used to do this thing in my head of like, does the good outweigh the bad? Yes. Mm. And I feel like when you're constantly having to do those lists, you start realizing, why am I constantly doing these lists? You know, is that is that a sign in my brain that why am I constantly like reappraising my relationship? And that's not to say, you know, relationships aren't difficult and take compromise and take work all the time. But I think when you're thinking, are there more happy times than sad? 
on a regular basis, that's quite hard. Both George and I have been on the podcast and spoken about our marriages at various points during the last however many years. We've both thought, this is it now. I'm going to get yeah. on a boat and head off into the sunset. Um, and and mine last year where I definitely thought my marriage was over and imagined my life without him. And we have been on such a journey of trying to figure that out between the two of us and have been in therapy and it's been pretty amazing. I know that for a lot of people, that isn't the reality. And I would love to ask you how you felt going through it and were you still trying to fix it even though you knew at that point it wasn't working because I think as women we're just so programmed to you know god we can't let this fail we can't let this fail yeah we've got to get yeah it's got to be okay it's got to be okay Mm. yeah yeah I think myself and everyone I've spoken to on the podcast tend to say that they waited a long time to leave and they could have left earlier if they mm. made that decision. And I think that, and that specific, and that, you know, particularly comes across with the women I interview who are in heterosexual relationships. And I think, you know, quite often as women, we do try and we have, when we want to have, have tried everything mm. and really done our best so that when we do make that decision, you know, we can say, you know, I tried, I tried everything, but I had, this was the only option left. And I think it's, it's quite sad that we have to do that. It's sort of not sad for the relationship, but, you know, quite often, you know, if you want to make it work and you both want to make it work. And from the conversation and the communication you're having together, there might be a ray of hope, Mm. but quite often, you know, in your gut, if that's not going to happen, Mm. Um, but you still keep going because you still might love that person. Um, it might be in a different way from when you first met, but you have all these memories together and you don't want to like dishonor your memories and your, and your life so far with that person. Mm. So I think we do put ourselves through a lot of emotional turmoil in the trying portion Mm. of the Mm. trying to make things work. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I think, no one makes the decision to get divorced lightly. And a lot of times on the internet, you can find a lot of people saying, oh, people just get divorced nowadays, like on a whim. Like no one wants to stay married anymore. And I have never met someone who's, and I've interviewed a lot of people about divorce. I've never met someone who's got divorced on a whim. Yeah, just thought, woke up one day and thought, I don't, don't oh, fancy this. Enough day. of that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah enough of that. Yeah. Um, what sort of things, I guess, scared you about getting divorced? I think divorce can sound like a scary thing. Um, yeah, I guess, what like, what were your fears? Yeah, it is really scary. And going through it is scary as well as thinking about it. And I think... You know, that's another reason why people might wait a bit longer before they do it, because, you know, you do worry about all these things financially. You worry, you know, if you've been um, a split income household, you might be like, how am I going to survive on my own? And and actually, you know, it sounds boring, but sitting down and doing a little spreadsheet, if you are thinking about it, you know, can you survive on your own with your income? What would have to change? What sort of flat can you afford? Can you afford the house that you're in? And it sounds very like practical and non-emotional, but it is it is important and it's something that, you know, we might overlook and then you get the shock when you are on your own. So that can be really scary, you know, 
being being on your own financially and then also all the feelings of it's it's funny if I ever hear snippets of the first season of my podcast because we're on we just finished season 10 now and um because I you know I say all those things of I don't ever think I'm going to be in love again. I can never imagine being in love. I can never imagine being with someone else. I can't imagine ever finding someone else. Maybe this is it now and I need to be happy on my own. No one's ever going to love me again. You know, I'm I'm never going to have a committed relationship again. I'm not mm. going to have children. And now I'm in love yeah. in a committed relationship, living in living together and I'm pregnant, which over the course wow. of 10 series is yeah. like I never yeah. would have thought I'd get here. 10 series, but three years, right? Am I yeah, right in thinking? Three years. three years. Yeah. So, and and I remember talking, interviewing other people because I, I set up the podcast quite selfishly because I didn't know anyone else getting divorced. And I just wanted to talk to other people and be like, am I strange? Are you feeling this? Like what's, what, what? And, and also people who were further along than me who could be like, it gets better and mm. you will have sex again and like it and you will you know find someone in the future if you want to and and all of that so it i remember thinking with all these people who've fallen in love again how is that possible what how can they have this whole other life in the future and now i'm sort of there it's very it's very strange I like that though. It's full oh, circle. It's full incredi- circle. Yeah, it is absolutely incredible. We'll be right back after this short break. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Samantha, I want to ask you, because um, I've talked to a lot of people about um, about lo- like losing a partner and what happens to them when my, my mum went through it, what happens to them as a, as a single person who feels they've sort of been left behind from the crowd that they might have been in when they were in that marriage. Is it a similar feeling when you come out of a divorce? Yeah, yeah. You definitely, you will lose some friends, which is sad to say, but... You know, people seem to weirdly take, not take sides as in they're like, we agree with them, but they mm. sort of seem to feel the need to pick one of you and just be friends with that person. So, right. um, so yeah, people that you knew as a couple, especially if they're still in a couple, you know, when you're single, you sort of ruin dinner parties a little bit. <laughs> the especially odd number. if it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're an odd number, especially if it's like couple dinner parties. So you will find that those 
like it's horrible but those invitations dry up does but that you hurt do, yeah it's like mm. I'm still the same person mm. I just don't come with an appendage of a husband anymore but like I'm still really fun at a dinner party yeah isn't that weird that we feel like we can't mix people in couples with single people like what why yeah. do we do that why is why do we just invite married or people like in partners to it for it to a dinner party but god forbid you 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 invite one person on their own they're gonna ruin the whole dynamic well people think you will steal their husband oh my god they don't <laughs> they do I mean they do still to this day it's so odd you know you've no, you might have known them for years and years you might be into school together you might have never shown any interest in that you know and I'm bisexual so it's like oh I could steal either husband steal or wife. The wife or the husband oh my god you're just a partner stealer <laughs> yeah I know but the husbands find that kinky rather than but the yeah but it's so it's so strange they all of a sudden if you're single it's like you're a threat and you're like, I'm not, I, I'm in a breakup. I'm grieving. I'm not going to, yeah. number one, I don't want to see another man for a while. And number two, why would I want your husband <laughs> who I've heard you moan about you're, and you're in a committed relationship? Why would I want to break up another marriage? Like, there's just so many reasons why that wouldn't happen. Number three, your friends. You wouldn't do that to your yeah. friend. Like there's so many, you know what I mean? It's so weird that that's what they think about you. Wow. Yeah. And you, but you do, you do find that. I sort of half found it sort of flattering that I was like, wow, everyone thinks I can steal their husband. How hot must I be? <laughs> like without realising. Oh, wow. <laughs> But yeah, but also it's it's people just react to you in a really different way. So you'll either get that if they think you're going to steal their partner or you'll get um, people quizzing you about their own marriages and asking you if they should get a divorce. Oh, like you become an you expert. You become like the expert. Yeah. yeah. Or they're worried that it will spread. So oh, it's contagious. Sort of, I didn't yeah. realise divorce was contagious. It is, yeah, especially at dinner parties. That's why you don't get invited. Right, um, okay. So, so they'll sort of be telling you that they might want a divorce, but then they'll also be saying, but actually we're really, we're really good together and like defending their marriage at the same time. And, you know, a lot of the time I've hardly said any words because it's all right. just like their monologue but suddenly it comes out because I'm divorced so I know what it's mm. like yeah so um yeah there's a lot of strange reactions but you find out who your good friends are and also you make more single fun friends too which is fun do you want people to ask you about your divorce when you're going through it or do you would you rather people didn't say anything i think you need to read it from the person mm. so you know, I initially I was sad, but at that stage I wasn't, you know, I was lying face down on my kitchen floor crying, actual mm -hmm. true story from my life. So I wasn't out and about like with yeah. makeup on doing anything. But then when I was ready to go out and about and I, I got this like surge of, I call it like, um, you know, Braveheart, my Braveheart era where I was like, freedom, yeah. makeup smeared on my face. Um, <laughs> so when you go through that stage, you know, I used to say to people, I've just got a divorce and I'm feeling great. So I would like indicate that it was right. it was a positive it was a thing. thing. So in that way, I'd be happy for people to say positive divorce things back to me and ask about it but I think there's a lot of 
sort of people who are drawn to grief, who kind of just want you to delve into the worst bit of your experience at any moment all the time. And those people, you know, you want to steer clear of. So I think take the lead from the person. If someone wants to talk about their divorce, they'll start talking about it. And once they've opened the conversation, then you can, you know, but I think asking everyone always wants to know because I'm deaf in one ear as well. And I wear a hearing aid. It's like disability. Everyone always wants to know how it happened. Like, how did you become deaf? And it's the same with divorce. How did you get divorced? And actually that's the worst bit that a lot of the time, especially initially, you don't want to delve into because that's the painful bit. So Mm. actually more of the, how are you now? What have Mm. you been up to? Mm. You know, is there anything I can help with? I think is more useful if you have a friend going through it. Yeah. I mean, I want to know about the fun, the fun zone when you, when you say yeah. that you've got makeup smeared over your face and you're like, yep, yeah, I'm here. Tell, what did you ha- call it? The, what, the, yeah. What was my it? Sexual explosion. The, the sexual, sexual explosion. explosion. Talk to us about yeah, that. Yeah. Talk to, yeah. So, um, I should say not everyone goes on a sexual explosion because lots of people email me and they're like, when will it happen? And I'm like, <laughs> it can happen anytime. Just, just wait. But, you know, I have spoken to some people that, you know, said, they went through the complete opposite and they were celibate for a long time. But I think it depends on the sort of person you are. I love sex. So I was like, yay, okay, I'm free now. And I think one of the really exciting bits of a breakup is going out into the world. And, you know, I never used a dating app because when I met my ex, they weren't around. Yeah. So I was sort of quite excited to get on a dating app. And obviously we know there's lots of issues with dating apps. But what was quite nice is that people were swiping yes on a picture of me. And I think everyone at the end of a marriage normally feels unattractive and unlovable because things aren't going well and possibly your sex life won't be going well at the same time. And, you know, I definitely felt like I was disgusting and didn't feel um, attractive in any way or or positive about my appearance. And then just, it's very shallow, but just the fact that strangers thought I was hot and wanted to have sex with me. Like if I went on a date and someone wanted to have sex with me, doesn't mean I'd always have sex with them, but I'd be like, Oh they my God. To. Yeah, you want to have yes, sex with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's quite an exciting revelation is that other people fancy you and want to have sex with you and you know and also just like even if you don't want to go that far because of the intimacy and stuff even just having a good snog with someone who like you know I was um I was 30 at the time and uh, and I felt like a teenager again you know just like going on a date and having a snog oh it's lovely station before you go home you know there's just some for some fun in all of that and as long as you don't I think if you go out looking for your next husband Mm. then it's going to be a difficult emotional process for you but if you go out thinking right I'm gonna have some fun now Mm. I can you know I I told my ex-husband that I was bisexual but I hadn't really like officially come out I was going to ask you about this yeah yeah Yeah. so I I officially sort of started saying it publicly and I ended up writing an article about it for the Telegraph um and so I was like right now's my time like I can go on dates with women you know when I was at uni I'd like snog some girls but I'd never like been on a date with a woman and been on a, a dating app 
for women and, you know, and just have fun and like see who I fancy now because 10 years ago, I fancied a different sort of person, you know, when I met my ex. And so I think that process can be really fun. And also I just had a lot of sex and it was great. Oh God, Samantha, this is this <laughs> sounds like an amazing period in your life. Can I ask I you about we're promoting divorce in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we're just exploring it, George, and that's absolutely we're just fine. Exploring it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um can I ask you about uh, about being a, a bisexual and and if that is something that you you said you mentioned that you had been, you know, snogging girls at uni. But what was it like to actually kind of delve in post-divorce and sleep with women? Because I does it feel like something you've never done before? Or does it come quite naturally to you? It, it was funny because I think during my marriage, I was, I was constantly thinking these things of like, oh, I am attracted to women, but I'm not gay because I'm still attracted to men. So I must be straight. And the sort of bisexual thing, you know, I even spoke to a friend who's in the queer community about it and they were like, you're not bisexual, you're straight. And I think, you know, and obviously there's there's a lot of stigma within the LGBTQIA plus community against being bisexual and being pansexual because a lot of people, you know, I was on a lesbian dating app and I was unmatched with when I said I was bisexual because people were like, there's no such thing. You're either gay or you're straight. You're really? just, isn't that you're amazing that people can make that judgment? I think that's yeah. incredible in the way that in the society now. And it still happens today. Obviously a lot of the queer community is very supportive, but you know, you still do get those kind of old school I call them people who are like no pick one so I remember in my marriage like constantly reviewing this thing and being like well no I am still attracted to men so I must just be straight and and then I you know I did speak to my husband of the time about it and so he was aware um but he wasn't like go off and sleep with some women and see which I guess I kind of hoped he'd say but <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'd yeah, still be married. Knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go for it. But yeah, so uh, so when I was a when I was single, and then I was, it takes a while to get back into the single mindset, doesn't it? Of like checking people out, even like I remember just walking down the street when I was married and like just not really paying attention to other people, mm. and then suddenly something switches in your brain. Like when you're getting through the grief process, you know, you have to do a lot of that work first something switches on and you suddenly start checking people out and noticing that there's hot people around and you're like, oh my God, I'm back. And I there's started- There's a whole world out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I was definitely like checking out everyone, like non-binary people, women, men. So um, it was very scary to go on a um, lesbian dating app. And I, I downloaded it and deleted it like loads of times. I felt like a, a teenager. And then I went on and then I was obviously unmatched by some people, which wasn't great. And then I used to chat to people and then not meet them. And I was like, oh God, I'm one of those terrible people. And then I did go on some dates and I remember I was so nervous. I was like, how does it work? Because I know how to flirt with men. You know, that's pretty easy and straightforward. But women are more intellectual beings, sorry, men, um, but on a date. <laughs> On a date. How, you know, how a did you feel process. going on your first date with a woman? I was so scared. I think I, yeah, I think I had some wine for Dutch courage, which I don't recommend, but I did. Um, and 
But then it was totally fine. Like it was just really natural and we just chatted and like the flirting just happened because, I mean, luckily the first day I went on, I was attracted to them and we had a nice time. So the flirting just sort of happened. Um, a guy did try and chat us both up and she oh, got really annoyed by that. Maybe I didn't shut up. I just thought it was funny. So I, I chatted back to him. But I wasn't like, hey, but I was just, you know, having a chat. But she did get really annoyed by that. But apart from, you know, and we had a snog and like in the corner in Soho and it was, you know, it was great. It, I, Afterwards, I was like, how was I so scared of that? Like, I've met women in my life that I flirted with before. But this time, probably because yeah. it had a label attached to it. Yeah, yeah it felt I guess different. So. And then, you know, and then the, the first relationship I had with a woman, that actually happened quite naturally. I feel like it is, I don't know, I didn't have any relationships with women that I met on apps. I did have relationships with men that I met on apps. But the relationships I had with women was more sort of like women I met through work or whatever. And then it sort of just happened. Happened like that, yeah. And then, but that, but that, because that happened quite sort of naturally and it flowed, I didn't sort of have time to think about it, which was good because I'm an overthinker. And Samantha, you're pregnant. Um, obviously, yes. we've, we've spoken about it. Um, you're having a baby with a, a woman, man. A, a man, a man, a man. Yeah. Okay, and and you mentioned earlier on that you're feeling a bit uncomfortable, and you know, kind of with the pelvic girdle pain. How are you feeling about being a mother? I'm excited and scared. It's funny as well because now I'm in another long-term relationship with a man. People are like, "Oh, are you heterosexual again?" I'm like, "No, I'm still bisexual. I'm just." with a man yeah um and he you know and he's aware of that and he's lovely um he's actually my postman true story he's your postman yeah I told you my life is like a dark <laughs> comedy like people are like how does this stuff happen to you and I'm like I don't even know how, yeah so what do the, so here's a letter he can couldn't I put fit it, the post in the post box so he knocked on the door here's a look can I put it in your <laughs> can I say this on your podcast yeah you say whatever you like. through the letterbox and I was like yes no he didn't um <laughs> we met on a <laughs> I was like that's that's something my husband would do as a game he plays like cock and ball he plays like the hairy wrist watch where he does loads of things with his dick and tries to wrap it around his wrist but he's never put his dick through a post um the well, postbox. There's a fun game for you. Yeah, you got, yeah, home. great. Um, no, he didn't do that straight away. Um, no, we met on a dating app, and we met up, in, you know, in my local area in Kent, and um, we were just chatting away. And he said his postman works for Royal Mail, and and then he asked me what street, and he said he was a postman round the area, and then he asked me what street I lived on, and I was like, whoa. It's the first day, chill <laughs> yeah, out, yeah. stalker. And he was like, no, because I, you know, work around here. So I told him what street I live on. And he was like, yeah, I do post on that street. I'm your postman. <laughs> and basically, I've ne he's not like, because they change on my street. So there's he's not the regular. But because I'm never up early enough, which I realize will change now being a mother. But because I'm never up early enough to see the postman, I just never seen him. And then when we were dating, I was like, oh my God, I can never receive the post unless I look, you know, like early doors, you're like, you want to look nice all the time. Now I'm like, you know, I haven't showered for three days. You're welcome. But um, I'd be, I'd be like, I can't go to the door to get my post in case it's him. And I look terrible and I've just got out of bed. Like my hair is all over the place. And um, so, yeah, so that was fun. But yeah, he's lovely. Um, he's very different from my ex. 
it all happened very naturally. We've only been together for like a year and a half, but it's we lived long to- enough. Yeah. yeah, we live. We moved in together after like just under a year. I also, I feel like when you're older, you're just like, yeah. You also know, you know. what you want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, yeah, totally. And now we're having a baby. Yay! Um, <laughs> well, that's exciting. You've, you've obviously mentioned the the pregnancy, but how how are you feeling about becoming a mother? I'm quite scared of it. In the in the respect that I love work. And I love my job. And so I'm I'm a bit worried about, you know, that idea of like losing yourself when you become a mother and your like identity, because I think my work is quite linked in with my identity. Yeah. So I think, and also it's so hard to tell what will happen when you have the baby, but I think yeah. I'm not planning to have like a year off work mm. um, no. maternity because I'm freelance as well. I'm hoping to like take a couple of months and then maybe do the odd bits of bobs. But um, I mean, I I made a joke, but it is quite true. I write children's books and I was like, I'm most excited about having a child as a guinea pig for my new children's book so I could read the bits and be like, is that good? Obviously when they're slightly older. Yeah, Are you entertained? Did you find that funny? They they will be an endless source of inspiration for you, Samantha. So it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. That's the main reason. No, but I'm, I'm definitely excited about nurturing a human Mm, mm. like I've always wanted to I used to think I'd maybe adopt because I have polycystic ovaries right right? so I didn't know and I was on the pill from like such a young age because I had gynecological problem I had a period for 12 weeks can we just yeah um and I and I didn't become anemic which is amazing after that but um so yeah so I was on the pill forever and then obviously I got polycystic ovaries I used to have really bad pain and irregular periods so actually when we sort of unofficially we were like trying but we weren't like monitoring trying not trying yeah Yeah. you know when you're like oh just see what happens whatever um I didn't really think it would happen I thought this might take a long time. Uh, we might have to look into IVF. And so I'd always sort of thought, oh, maybe I'll adopt. And this is before I met my partner, you know, because I've, I've, I've definitely always wanted to like look after a human and yeah. care for them and have a lovely time. Um, so I, it was quite surprising when, yeah, it was like two months. Wow. Oh, great. Like, oh, Peed on a stick. Postman knows what he's doing. Postman delivered. <laughs> exactly. The postman delivered. That's exactly where my brain would have gone if I wasn't so tired. Um, before we say goodbye to you, um, firstly, did you meet him on uniformdating.com? No. Oh, no, that would have been I do cool. Love the uniform. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Um, You've mentioned, obviously, your fantastic podcast, The Divorce Social. Are there any other resources for people listening um, who are going through divorce at the moment who need a bit of extra care that you used? Yeah, there's... um. If if someone's going through divorce at the moment and it's quite amicable and you're both sort of on the same page, rather than hiring separate solicitors, there is a service called Amicable um, and they work with both of you on the divorce. Right. Um, and I know that I've interviewed uh, the woman who runs it on my podcast and I know that some people who listen have used it and found it really useful. Great. Um, and then there's... Um, Helen Thorne who's come on my podcast oh, we, we love, love Helen, Helen. We've had her yeah. On, yeah she's written a book called get divorced B 
be happy, yeah. um, which I know a lot of people love. And I've I've actually interviewed a lot of authors on the podcast. But I think also getting yourself counselling, like personally, like whether you've had couples counselling before, you know, because you are going through a really hard time and a grief. And so I think, you know, if you can afford it or if you can go through the NHS, I know there's a long waiting list, but if you can get some help and support, it does make a really big difference. Um, and I also have two children's books, which is not relevant to divorce, but they are, they do feature single parent families and deaf protagonists. And they're for six to 12 year olds and they're called Harriet versus the Galaxy and the Night the Moon Went Out. Amazing. Amazing. Advice? Yeah, just one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who might be going through a divorce now. Listen to my podcast, The Divorce Social, and um, you're going to be okay is my advice because Brilliant. you don't feel like it's ever going to end or it's ever going to get better but I promise you you're going to be okay thank you so thank much for you. coming on Samantha oh, what a beautiful conversation brilliant. I know that's going to help a lot of people and I found that entertaining brilliantly brilliantly entertaining so good luck with good. the pregnancy and come back and thanks. see you soon thanks yeah, so when much I've had, when I've had yeah. it when you've, when you've yeah. had it yeah for sure <laughs> thanks thank Samantha you. bye thanks, Samantha. Thank bye you know what? You know, I said, I think we're promoting divorce on this podcast. It, you know, on those days where I'm hating Josie James, I'm going to listen to that podcast and it's going to be a pretty scary situation for him because she makes it sound really great. I know, I know it's obviously not, but, it, you know, I, I love the fact that she's not making it, she, she's created this community in the podcast so that people don't find it so scary. Yeah, and, and it was lovely. I don't know about you, but I felt a real, I, I guess, kind of a, a privilege to get inside of the mind of someone that's been through it you know actually kind of ins and outs and how it makes you feel and the way that you feel you're being treated and you know what was interesting I thought was when you said you know do you remember the moment where you thought your marriage was over and she said you know what it wasn't a moment it was a realization that it hadn't been working for a really long time I think we're always sort of waiting for that light switch moment where we're like oh this is, it. this is this is it but yeah. actually you know and also you know some people do bring it back and you know george and i are two of those people yeah we are exactly <laughs> for yeah. now for, yeah i mean who knows? knows who knows what will happen <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much to samantha for coming on and being so honest of course you can listen to her podcast as well it's called the divorce social and we would love you to rate review subscribe and please give our podcast a little follow that'd be great yeah please do and please do send over your reviews send in your reviews and as i said five stars would be wonderful and um, any feedback you've got on the podcast then do just drop a dm we're on at Made by Mamas on Instagram and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 